Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New Jersey, my guest is an Emmy Award-winning sound designer, recording engineer, and producer. He has a long list of credits on IMDb and has worked with some of the biggest names in the business. He is also a SAG-AFTRA-approved audiobook producer. He runs a voiceover and audio production facility that offers a wide variety of services. You've been hearing a song called Shine, which he'll tell us the relevance of. So on that note, it's my pleasure to welcome Roy Yokelson. You can call me Uncle Roy. That's good. <laughs> Keep All it familiar. Keep it in the family. You know? <laughs> All right, Uncle Roy. Thanks for being here today. And I've, I've been looking forward to talking to you. So glad, glad you had the time for this. I'm happy to be on the show. Uh, this song that we've been hearing, Shine, um, I did a lot of... Uh, the many one of the many hats I wear is uh, I did the uh, all the film score recordings for the Woody Allen films between 1982 and 2005. So that's a long-standing client and a lot of um, very creative uh, music writing and recording, mostly period music. So this was from Woody Allen's 1998 film Sweet and Lowdown. Um, and it features uh, Howard Alden uh, on uh, guitar uh, and Sean Penn on camera, uh, kind of faking the guitar part. And uh, it also features Bucky Pizzarelli and Dick Hyman was the writer-arranger, uh, not of that song, but the arranger and conductor of that. And uh, we just did, I don't know, 15... I've never counted how many Woody Allen films I've done, but between that period of time, heck of a lot of uh, films and music recording. And um, so, you know, it was just, a, I just thought it was a fun, upbeat tune. Sure, sure. With some known musicians, you know. Sure. Now, when you say longstanding client, is Woody Allen considered the client or is this someone else that's hiring you and they're, and he's, and this is someone that's always affiliated with Woody Allen films? In the beginning, it was Rollins and Jaffe. It was his, uh, is the, are the producers of his films. And the way I got into recording for Woody was I did a few music cues from the film Arthur with mm, Dudley Moore. Wow. Yeah, one of my all-time favorites. And it, two, just two um, s- sort of source uh, cues when they're in the, um, when they're in the, wed- the, um, engagement uh, party scene there's a band playing you know the band is playing Le Freak and then as we exit the scene uh, there's a trumpet player playing the song Night and Day so that was my introduction to 
uh, Rollins and Jaffe. And then the big break for the Woody Allen film was uh, they were going to do Zelig, and they had tried to create this 1928 sound elsewhere at another studio. Uh, and then the real trick was they hired Dick Hyman to make the arrangements, and we all got together. It was Dick Hyman, uh, the Woody Allen people, Vince Giordano was on the date. He has a band called the Nighthawks play, that play every Monday and Tuesday night, only 1920s and 30s music. So it was the right combination of people. And I was very young, but I, I collect old radios and Victrolas and, you know, 78s. And I know what 1928 is supposed to sound like. So it was a um, period music recreation. Uh, it was a very creative process. The very authentic sounding uh, recordings. I'm thinking back to episode 39 of the show when my guest was Ellie Holcomb, who was the 2014 Dove Awards New Artist of the Year, and I asked her how that came to be the whole the whole process of being nominated for and winning the award. She really wasn't sure, but uh, being an Emmy Award winner, Roy, story tell for us a little bit. Give the listeners some behind the scenes on that process, what it takes, how it works, and for that matter, the value of being an Emmy Award winner. I imagine that does, gosh, an infinite amount of marketing for you in and of itself. Certainly makes me sound like a big shot, doesn't it? <laughs> um, there are worse it's, things to be associated with, right? <laughs> you know, I, I've, when I felt my work was really top, I did enter in for certain other awards, and I won when when I was very prolific with work uh, on very creative projects. But this one was a, a, a big surprise, a huge surprise. I was on, I was um, sort of staff freelance at Howard Schwartz Recording. And CBS Sports was a client of theirs. And the 1992 Winter Olympics, there was an event, uh, the bobsled uh, event. And they produced a little four-minute animated thing, uh, a comedic thing on the bobsled event. And so they needed somebody to do sound design, which is putting in all the sound effects because animation has no sound to it. They hired somebody else to do music, and then somebody else, Bob from Bob and Ray, was the voice on it. Mm. And um, so I just did my sound design. I, I didn't think anything special of it. You know, it's it's amusing. Um, it was just another job. <laughs> and when, then I stopped working in Howard Schwartz and went to another facility, but I was still getting my messages. I phoned in for my message. And she said, oh, yeah, you have a message here. Your Emmy is ready. Huh. Uh, I said, what, what Emmy? What are you talking about? So CBS Sports had entered this piece. Wow. They thought highly of it. Wow. They entered it. And they paid for you. You know, nobody nobody gets these trophies for free. Uh, you have to buy them. But CBS Sports paid for it. And, you know, a package showed up one day <laughs> with the Emmy in there. Uh, so not that I didn't deserve it or earn it or work for it. Uh, but it was a total surprise, and I saved that little paper, that the little uh, your your message, your telephone message, the pink, <laughs> the pink pad paper is in my scrapbook. Your Emmy is ready. So, in a sense, you're giving the same answer that that Ellie Holcomb gave on episode 39. I don't know how it happened, Bruce. I got a phone message that that it was there, but 
I yeah, mean, well, it sounds well, like CBS put, you know, CBS Sports put the ball in motion to. They thought very highly, and even if it didn't specifically win in the sound design category, I think they entered it for graphic design or something like that. So I people like the look of it, but, you know, it's entered whoever works on it. Uh, whoever works on it gets gets the award and then if you want to go all the way back to my very first feature film then i i imagine i'm an i'm an academy award winning recording engineer because my first feature film although uncredited was kramer versus kramer uh. and there's all this vivaldi music that was uh, in hindsight they decided to put in and but the, the i said oh am i going to get my first screen credit and they said no oh, the credits are already they're already cut. We can't wow. add it. Wow. So, um, but, and then that, of course, won uh, Academy Award that year. So I guess theoretically. <laughs> well, and here we are, not even 10 minutes into this show, and already we've talked about names like uh, Dudley Moore, and of course, Kramer versus Kramer was Dustin Hoffman, and we're throwing around Emmy Awards and Academy Awards as though it's. You know everyday news, so maybe this maybe this particular episode of Now Here This Entertainment will be up for some sort of podcast award. <laughs> oh, we love that! And speaking of Dustin Hoffman, um, I was on staff at National Recording Studios uh, for a bunch of years, and that's where Tootsie was shot. Mm. Uh, because another it takes gem. place, another yeah, gem, a beautiful film, and it's got National all over it because that's where they shot it, and some of my friends are actually in there. Uh, and Dustin Hoffman, we were setting up for a session. Dustin Hoffman poked his head in. He had his little hair net on and his bathrobe <laughs> <laughs> in between costume changes. And he said, oh, you're busy. I said, no, come on in. Come on in. And he sat and played piano. And I recorded it, but I forgot to save it. Oh, no. Because he fancies himself. A, you know, he, he just wanted to relax and play piano. Yeah, yeah. How neat. And I, you know, I, I, I saved the tape. I put it somewhere and then I forgot. <laughs> So it's in digital heaven somewhere. <laughs> An- you, actually, actually, analog heaven. Did you say Nashua, book. as in Nashua, New Hampshire? National, national recording. Oh, 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 okay. In, in New York City. Okay. Yeah, it's um, a New York City story. Well, working with the big names, Uncle Roy, give us some, some fond memories, but I guess also how you prepared yourself for working with divas, because I'm sure you had to have several cross your doorstep in your years in the business. I just, um, I guess you have to first feel out their personalities. Like uh, when we re- when we recorded uh, Goldie Hawn singing for a Woody Allen film, she was such a nice, just a regular nice person, and sang her butt off. I mean, she was so good that we actually had to tell her, "Listen, you're <laughs> not that you're showing off, but you're better than anybody else in the film." So just just tone it down a little bit. <laughs> it's a beautiful, she sings the song, I'm Through With Love, and it's a beautiful uh, recording. Um, it really depends. Uh, uh, Julia Roberts, who's not a singer, she was very nervous. Um, that would be on what project, Julia Roberts? This is a, the Woody Allen film called Everyone Says I Love You. It's his, it's his faux musical, mm-hmm. where, where for no reason at all uh everybody breaks into song and dance <laughs> and they have these big uh production numbers with with a lot of singing uh edward norton is singing in there and um 
uh, Drew Barrymore looks like she's singing, but she's lip syncing to someone else. Um, and Woody sings in there for a short period of time. I had to tell him to empty his pockets because he would, he had his hands in his pockets with a lot of change in there. And he uh. was kind of jingling his change while he was singing. And I went in there. I said, could you empty your pockets? He said, oh, can you hear, can you hear this? It's a $3,000 microphone. I can, I, can hear, I can hear everything. Uh, the, the one celebrity story is, uh, or another one would be uh, Christopher Plummer. I guess he just had to prove that he was in charge or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, because on the first of two days, he was very demanding. And um, we were in a small, re- he was in a small recording booth. And when he saw it, and this will give you the time frame of it, he was supposed to be Barnaby on um, uh, Babes in Toyland. Uh, he said, well, even OJ deserves a larger cell than this. Wow. And wow. Uh, so I called the office and said, can we go into Studio B? This is too small for him. So we went in there. It's about four, four times bigger. And he said, well, this is the same thing. He was looking for the shoot stage. So I said, listen, can I get into Studio A? So now he was happy. We were in a big room and we're recording. <laughs> we're recording. And at one point he had to yell he was getting at the character gets angry and he was going to yell. So he turned away from the mic and yelled towards the back of the room. So I said, well, now that I know you need to yell, it's okay. You can yell right at the microphone. I'm ready for you Mm -hmm. because if you yell to the back, it sounds like you're, you're off mic. Oh, was the microphone off? No, no. It sounds like you're yelling towards the back of the room. (laughs) Well, my dear boy, when we did live radio, you could yell anywhere you like. <laughs> well, this isn't live radio. Like, like we're doing right noticed. now. <laughs> yeah. So this was day one. Day two, everything was absolutely fine. Not mm-hmm. a word. Everything was absolutely cool. Yeah, he just the, had to leave his calling card on the first day, in other words. To, just to say who's the boss. Yeah, yeah. Know? Well, so it goes without saying, and I think this was just last week on the show uh, with something that I posed to Roger Yeager. Uh, the, the only dumb question is the one not asked. Is it safe to assume, Uncle Roy, that, that the Emmy Award just, you know, that your stock rose tremendously after that? <laughs> these days it pulls. Uh, these days we use it as a running joke. There's a, there's a, uh, a Monday night show about the voiceover community called eWabs, East West Audio Body Shop. And so if they whenever they have me on the show as a guest, they like me to have the Emmy there and I'm polishing the <laughs> Emmy. You know, it's like, oh there's Uncle Roy with his Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> and no, and it, what it, what is a, that show? Television, uh, podcast, radio? Yeah, it's it's on Ustream. Or okay. if you go to okay. e- eWabs, E-W-A-B-S dot com, <laughs> Monday, Monday night at 9. <laughs> Very good. Jo- George Whittem and Dan uh, Leonard. Uh, they, you know, it's uh, all technical stuff about uh, voiceovers and the voiceover community and, uh, you know, events coming up and stuff like that. Well, you know, on this show, we talk a lot about the new economy, you know, where, where very few indie artists are doing music alone, meaning, meaning full-time. So given right. the work that you do, 
What are some other aspects of the business that they might consider that they otherwise might not have thought of? And, and I, I ask you this question because a large part of this show is always marketed towards that demographic, the up-and-comers who are listening to this show to pick up some tips to hear from people that have had success in entertainment. And I think this is a good guest to shine a light on something that they may, may not have thought of because there's a tendency that... Well, I play guitar, so maybe I'll start songwriting. Well, yeah, that's a logical start, but I'm talking about take the blinders off. So what what, what advice can you give? What insight can you lend to this? Well, uh, on many levels, first of all, my stepson, Perry Brody, if you go to pdbrody.com, um, is a singer-songwriter, independent uh, artist, plays plays out, plays gigs, does radio interviews. Maybe you'll have him on sometime. Uh, but he's still in college. So he's going for his <laughs> plan, whichever is the plan B, the music or the uh, <laughs> educator. He's, he's, he's becoming a special ed uh, teacher, mm-hmm. educator. Uh, because, you, you know, it would be great if you have a solid, you know, so, he, you know, uh, Monday to Friday, he can be teach and he can rock out on the weekends you know uh so that's one thing if you if you can have you know same thing in voiceovers uh you might need a, a daytime job until you really get established there's so many voiceover people there's so many independent uh artists very talented people um but the pool is uh, overflowing and saturated and um what else could you do? Well, if you're a musician, you can learn about certainly, uh, you know, recording technology so that you can record yourself uh, and you could get a job in some sort of audio um, capacity like uh, Nick and Master Control over there or, um, uh, at a ra- you know, at a radio station sure, uh, sure. Bo- board engineer or on a film shoot, the guy who holds the, the fish pole or um guy who mixes at the at the live film shoot who mixes those mics together or a live event mixer um or live band mixer uh and some of these hats i wear sure yeah. sure and that's and that's why i i brought up the question i want to back up when you did yeah. mention uh voiceover work a minute ago because everyone thinks they can do voiceover work <laughs> but i want you to tell the listeners in addition to the fact that as you just mentioned it is overpopulated but tell the listeners why it isn't as easy as it sounds, as as well as how competitive that industry actually is. Because in my opinion, it's no different from trying to get your songs cut if you're a songwriter or from actually trying to be that artist that becomes the next big thing. Everybody's competing in the voiceover world just as they are in in these other areas that I've described. So the talent has to be there. Yeah, it starts with people uh, who have been told hey, you know, you have a good voice. You should be on the radio or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, radio is somewhat dead these days or dying. So radio, a radio, on-air radio personality is very different, is a whole other animal than a voiceover person. The voiceover people, they, uh, people wanting to get into voiceover think, oh, it's just reading. Uh, they're just going to hand me a paper and I'm just going to read it. I can I can do that. I can read. And it's boy, it's not reading. It's and it's not and some it's called voiced acting. Because you're always somebody. 
you're my brother-in-law, you're the pharmacist, you're the pediatrician. Um, and, and you're playing a character. You're, so you're playing a character, not, not a character character, but you're, you know, you're playing a, converse, a character in conversation. If you're telling me like you're my brother-in-law, I'll probably believe you because, because I trust you. And you're also saying you're also reading the script in a very confident way, sounding like you know what you're talking about. So chances are I will buy your product if you sound like, you know, and you're, and you're not, and you're not selling. You know, the, the selling has to be in disguise. It has to be kind of subtle. Uh, I don't mean retail car spots. That we know somebody's trying to sell you a car. <laughs> but I mean, um, you know, where, where, where they're telling you a story and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and then, they, and then, uh, then you get to the, uh, the product. And, you know, you've, you've sold it with warmth and sincerity and a smile. A smile is like the biggest tool that a voiceover person can, can, uh, can be using. And it's hard to get people to smile and read at the same time it takes a lot of practice so it's not just reading and anybody in the business will tell you that it is not just reading um and also you kind of need to have a passion for this um i'm production manager of lila burson's voiceovers and she's got the passion she's been acting since she was five she's a great singer she has a ton of energy and you know any any script she grabs it's like holy mackerel you know she's she's just great at it and and so many and the real pros they're just great at it they grab a script and you buy you know you buy into it right away or yeah, with a little dir- yeah. little extra direction from me maybe yeah um but it's really not just well, it's just not reading and if you don't have the passion and the patience too, because you're going to submit, you know, a hundred things and maybe land one. Right, right. And I love, I love that answer. I'm, I'm glad that you took it to those depths because I think that is the common misconception: is that someone can just say, "Well, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five, I do such and such." But I've got a good voice, so if you've got something you need me to read, I, you know, I can record a voiceover for you, and boom, right off the bat, you, you know that they don't get it. So thank you for. For such an insightful answer. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New Jersey is sound designer, recording engineer, and producer Roy Yokelson. Visit his company website at www.antlandproductions.com. We've got a link to that on the show page for this episode on www.nhte.net. On that website of Roy's, there are icons to click on to go to his pages on Twitter and Facebook, among others, and spend some time on IMDb, too, looking up his long and very impressive list of credits. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it, too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it so easy to get the show every week. It'll just download automatically when a new episode comes out, so you don't even have to go looking for it. If you're a new listener to the show, please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I would love to hear your feedback about the podcast or maybe even some questions that you would like asked on future episodes. Post all that on the Facebook page that I just mentioned or send an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. 
Uncle Roy, what are one or two of the biggest mistakes that you see the up-and-comers making these days? And I would be referring to musicians, to to artists. What are what are the mistakes that uh, new artists make uh, as far as um, they're, they're they're starting their career or getting it going? And sure, or per, or perhaps from your side of the console, you know, coming into the studio for the first time, maybe some mistakes that you see that way. Well, find if you if you can find a good producer who's uh, who maybe has done uh, you know a lot of uh, independent artists and listen to the demos that they do. Make sure that you like um, their, the sound quality uh, wherever the studio is. Um, what what else? What can they do? What could the producer do? to help you promote if anything um i know perry has this new cd with with you know just an ep with four songs on it um i guess get hooked up with uh all the different download sites so wherever the money comes from whether it's itunes or um Bandcamp or you know any of the other many uh, uh reverb nation all those places um I imagine you must see artists that come in too soon because they just are too uh, deer in the headlights in, with excitement, the idea of going into a studio to do a recording, and in fact, they're not quite ready yet. And go in with an, op- go in with an open mind, especially if you're, n- with your, if you're new. Don't go in with a big ego. Because none of us, we really don't want to see that. Uh, <laughs> we want you to, you know... We don't want you to be a wimp or anything, but be open-minded to suggestions that the producer is going to have. Uh, there was there was a young artist that I was supposed to produce his songs, and then his father says, "Oh, he changed genres and he's doing this barking. His vocals are like barking." And I said, "Well, I'm, I, you know, you can tell him I'm not recording any barking music. That's <laughs> not that's just not my style, you know. It's and like you know, hip hop isn't my favorite. Rap rather isn't my favorite." Uh, lyric uh, the lyrical content is can be negative or harsh uh, I'm an old prude I guess in that department um, I mean if, if if you can be somewhat somewhat mainstream uh, that would be cool but but put your own spin on it I mean mm-hmm. be be yourself be be uh, have something unique about yourself but you know, maybe your material, it's okay to be commercial. <laughs> it's okay to have commercial material. Sure. Um, at least, you know, at least one or two very, you know, pop, poppy tunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, get all your social media happening uh, and um, get a fan page going and see if you can get a following to your gigs. Perry's got a pretty big following. My my wife is a graphic designer and illustrator, so she made his website. She updates it. Uh, you know, get get yourself uh, an image going graphically. You know, try and find a graphic designer, even if it's a graphic designer student who has some fresh ideas, uh, and brand yourself. You know, same thing with voiceover people. We 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 brand them. We brand themselves. They, sorry, they brand themselves. <laughs> Well, you know, with with the credentials and, and the background that you have, you're able to lend these sorts of insights, and, and you're also someone who, as a result, is called upon uh, to to come and be a speaker 
at, at a, in a few weeks, what I'm getting at is you're going to be uh, down here in the south. You're going to be up in Georgia for VO Atlanta, which is a voiceover conference. Tell the listeners a little bit more about that event. March 12th to the 15th, uh, I will be a presenter at VoiceOver Atlanta, uh, probably one of the biggest voiceover conventions uh, nationwide. It's an international. They, they have uh, tw- at least 25 states and I believe 20 countries, uh, people coming in from all over. I will be doing a breakout session on what it takes to make a killer demo, voiceover demo, and uh, an X session, which you pay extra for, on audio um, audio ed- editing and mastering, kind of specifically towards audiobook production. Uh, ACX and Audible and all these companies, they have their specs that they want met. And how do you get there? And how do you adjust pacing and breaths what do you do with breaths i've had people send me stuff oh here's my audio book and they've taken out every breath and i'm hyperventilating over here and <laughs> there's no human at the other side because they're not breathing and that's not what we do you know so i want to you know it's got to be done very tastefully and you don't want to call attention uh, to any of that so okay great if somebody takes a big breath uh, you know you soften it you shorten it but if, to take them all out, it just makes it very sterile. If it's, if, if it's a text, it's a, if it's like a textbook or something, you can do that. Nobody cares if they're breathing. But uh, <laughs> if it's a narrative, you know, for especially first person or something, or if it's uh, dialogue uh, intensive with characters, they've got to they've got to be breathing. Is an event like VO Atlanta? If someone is hearing about it on the show, or if they're kind of curious about the voiceover industry and they're finding it on the internet is that something that a beginner can show up at and benefit from or is that no don't bother showing up this is only for people who are truly established in the business it's for it's for both it's for beginners through the upper mid uh level uh, a lot of beginners will be there, and a lot of people start their voiceover career in audiobooks. Uh, it doesn't pay a lot of money. It takes a long time to make an audiobook. Um, anybody trying to think that voiceover is any fast money is is just the wrong thing. But getting back to the conference, if you go to voatlanta.me, uh, that's the website, and look at the uh, presenters, look at the schedule, you know, look at what's being taught. Uh, there's people teaching marketing, people teaching how to connect to a script, which is the most important thing in voiceover. If you if you if you read the script, but it doesn't sound like you're you know what you're talking about, you're not connecting with the script. So uh, they'll teach you that. Um, there's a uh, there's my friend Cliff Zellman is teaching a class on automotive uh and retail um commercial uh, delivery mm, interesting because because his company uh radio vision the company he works for that's all they do all day is produce uh retail hard you know hardcore hard sell uh and mostly automotive spots so he's the expert in that field and uh we're all we're all experts in our little in our fields um so it's the top people um, in the voiceover industry and the theme is engage we will all be there available to engage with everybody and it will be very accessible and there's a lot of things to choose from uh, a lot of speakers and a lot of 
breakout sessions. So um, there's just so much. Uh, it would be perfect for a newbie uh, to come to if they really, if they know this is really what they want to do. They have the passion, or they've been evaluated and they've been told, you know what, you know, if you if you if you do your homework, if you study and practice at home, you know, on a regular basis, chances are you could be good at this. Uh, those are the people that should show up at this event. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is stick to the topic, meaning if you're a musician trying to promote yourself, don't talk about the college scholarship you got for athletics or the play you were in back in high school. Time is limited for whoever you're pitching to, so tell them what they absolutely need to know that will get you what you want. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Now, when someone is finding this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, and it's, let's say, May or June, for example, and they say, boy, I wish I would have heard this episode when it first came out. I would have gone Mm. March 12th through the 15th to Atlanta for it. Is this something that they can look for next year? Is it annual? Is it every other year? Is it twice a year? How often do they do this? This is an annual event. I don't know that uh, traditionally uh, it, uh, the person who runs it is Gerald Griffin. Um, doesn't uh, doesn't call back the same presenters two years in a row. Um, because he wants to have new, you know, new material. Unless next year I have something to present that's so totally different. Um, but we're, you know, we're all available for private. We I do Skype sessions, um, and I we can talk about anything voiceover you want. Um, and there there are many other conferences of course this is the conference but there are many other conferences throughout the year so if you miss this one in november there's some other event and there's other um there's under industry events that i will mention there's a thing called fathcon and that's that they uh they have branded as the unconference uh huh. Because there's no specific agenda. They put up a grid, a blank grid, and people who can teach things, they fill in their uh, expertise. And then everybody And then everybody goes around and learns all their new stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's a thing called FAF Camp, which is a little more for newbies uh, and, and seasoned people. And everybody gets together and, you know, you learn all kinds of new stuff. There's always... There's always, always something to learn um, in in all of in music and in you know in voiceover. Sure, sure. Well, when you mentioned that there will be those of you who have been asked to come to VO Atlanta because you have your areas of expertise, and of course we've we've documented already in the first half of the show uh, your your great credentials. I'm I must say that I'm curious as to whether someone with your credentials at this point in your career can kind of coast a little bit, you know, just kind of let your reputation precede you, or if it's still, you know, work tirelessly to prove yourself, you're only as good as your last production, your last show, you know, type of mentality. It's not, I mean, (laughs) when I say to people, unemployed people, I say, um, 
who's who in the room has a full time job and nobody raises their hand? I said, you're all you're all crazy. Your full time job is finding work. That's your full time job. So same thing. What? Okay. So a voiceover person. What's your full time job? Auditioning. You know. Yeah. Every, yeah. It's not like I go to you know when somebody goes for a job interview and lands a staff job. They went to one interview. They had to sell themselves once, and then you know maybe they can coast along in their job. Uh, being freelance since 1985, I it's not that I have to prove myself every day, but I'm constantly looking for work on a you know on a daily week weekly basis. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and voiceover people constantly looking to get new agents as a, a, a resource for other auditions, but it's all about auditions. You have to audition. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, based on what you just described, how how often do people contact you trying to? I don't want to say audition for you, but trying to sell themselves to you and say, "I see that you do a lot of work with voiceovers. You should use me. I'm good." And they're and they're flooding you with unsolicited MP3s or CDs or whatever the case is. Is that am I am I onto something? Is that a pretty regular occurrence for you or or, or not really? Oh, every day, every wow. day. The, wow. the e- emails are full. Uh, you know, with hey, I'm a voiceover person. Hi, here's my demos. Hire me. There's sort of a protocol. You you know, voiceover people looking for work. Uh. It's it's very tricky, you know. Uh, I don't want to be bombarded with stuff. I don't want to be sent a link to their website. I'm lazy. If I do want somebody's de- <laughs> if I do want somebody's demo, I want them to email it to me because I want to open it up in my software and look at it and see. Tech. Besides listening to it, I want to see. Okay, did, it, did, who, did whoever produced this demo? Did they know what they were doing? Is the level really tiny? Wow. Or is it really robust? Does it, you know, is it a good audio quality? I want to look at it and listen to it at the wow. same time. Um, you can't just send out. I just got some. I just got, and it's very old school. I got some stuff, packages in the mail that it must have cost these poor guys a lot of money with printouts of their of their uh, headshots. But this is for, like for audiobook work. Mm-hmm. Uh, headshots and bios and CDs and you really have to see okay so what do people want you know you can say to them look I don't want to I don't want to bother you but would you prefer can I can I send you may I send you an mp3 or would you like an audio CD or would you just like links to my website? You don't want to, you know, you don't want to fill up their inbox. You don't want to yeah. fill up their hard drive with with MP3s that they're never going to listen to. Right. And don't you know? Maybe do one follow up. You know, because you don't want to bother them. People are. We're all busy. We're all busy producing things and trying to get audio books out the door and films. And do. Um, some sound design and film mixing for independent films. We're trying to get the films out the door to make to make the uh, film festival schedules and stuff. So we don't have a lot of free time to uh, to listen to everybody's sure, stuff. Sure. I'm curious when you just said you you want you would rather open up the file yourself and look at it on your software. But in defense of that person who is trying to get the attention of someone who's going to decide whether or not they are the right fit for doing voiceover, are they, are they being 
unfairly judged because all they did was the voice acting, whereas you're judging the recording quality, and, and they're not the same people doing the same things. Well, let's talk about a few things. If I Even if I got a raw voice that came from their home studio, because these days every voiceover person, uh, they need a home studio at least to audition from, and it has to be broadcast quality. If it sounds like it's in some echoey hallway, nobody's going to hire them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so depending on what they send me, it has to reflect. They're listening for two things. How is the read? It better be good. And how is the audio quality? Because um, most clients don't want to pay for a studio anymore. Yeah. You know, days of studio recording. The, the, the home studio and voiceovers in the home studio is what killed the vo- the. Um, you know the smaller studios, the the radio production studios, and uh, little ad agency studios, because everybody's at home. Um, but to your to your um, comment about uh, the demo quality versus what can they deliver? Well, I produce a lot of, of voiceover demos, and if I can get the read out of the person, um, then some other director would have to step up and hopefully be as good a director as I. So it's not just the production, like which okay. music and how, how it's mixed. Um, you know, they were, they were, they unless this is real work cut together kind of demo, you know, unless it's that, uh, and they went into a studio and made their demo. Somebody had to direct them. Somebody had to write the copy or pick it for them. And um, so, yes, I'm judging, did they find the right uh, demo producer? And was it a, well, were they strong uh, at directing the talent? Did they get a really good read out of the talent? Is the, mm-hmm. Are the mm-hmm. spots on the demo demo worthy? Mm-hmm. Or are they just like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I don't want it to sound like I'm backpedaling, but I, I have mm-hmm. myself advised musicians that certainly be aware that if you try to do something economically, because maybe you don't have the financial means to do it at a pro studio, that is a reflection of perhaps your dedication to your craft, that you might send it to someone and they might say, well, this person can't be there that serious about their music, otherwise they would have spent a few dollars for a better recording quality than, than I just listened to. But I, but I do appreciate the, the different facets of it that, that you just described. You mentioned a little while ago, Lila Burzens, uh, you're, you're the production manager for her, just explain what services you provide in that role, whether it's to her or to other people that you're the production manager for, because I want the listeners to understand what what that hat means when you're wearing it. Um, Lila and I have a long-standing relationship, so uh, we sort of do business together that way, and I uh, help her with the... Uh, I direct most of her auditions and then I do the final audio processing and if there's any mixing to be done or any post-production, I've uh, I've done all of her demos, all of her current demos that are at her website, lilaburzens.com, L-A-I-L-A, it's spelled Layla, but it's Lila. Um, (laughs) um, I help her with rates. People, you know, People call me all the time. Hey, what should I charge for a thirty-second spot? What should you know? And then I always have questions. 
So I'm a good resource for any voiceover person on rates, on how to market, on, um, you know, is my demo uh, good or not? Um, I want to update my demo. Um, or I've got a great, I, I love to do this with coaching. Um, I've got some great auditions coming up. Can you direct me? So that you know what I submit is a step above what I would normally mm. uh, self-direct. Mm-hmm. You know, voiceover people at home, you're in a void. There's nobody there. In the old days, you would show up at the studio, and there'd be the writer, the director, the producer, the music guy, and his girlfriend, and the engineer, <laughs> and the engineer. So everybody had, everybody would throw in their two cents when it's appropriate, and. Sitting through so many of those old school sessions, that's what got me to be a good director. I could see, I saw bad sessions, good sessions, and I, you know, Mm. uh, picked up on the good. And so these days you have to self-direct. Sometimes the client's on the phone. Sometimes they do want to do what's called a phone patch. And that could be as simple as you have your hands free on your cell phone these days. Really, nobody needs to spend $2,000 on a phone patch. Um so sometimes you do get input from the client. Some clients are too easy to satisfy. You know, they oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> but you but you want your stuff to be better than that. Sure, you know? sure. Um, so I don't know if I strayed off the topic there, but yeah, because you were saying, uh, you know, what what's my role with Lila? Sure, or with with anybody. If right. anybody has right. an audition, uh, you know that that they feel they need um, some direction. You know, they feel that the copy is a good fit for them. They don't know, but they're they're like lost. They don't know how to start. Uh, Or if you're starting your voiceover career and you want to know if if you've got it, you know, I can do an evaluation and, uh, you know, we can do all kinds of scripts and see see if you take direction, see if you connect with copy, you know. Very good. And now the listeners who are wondering... How do they connect with Roy for that? Uh, I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today in the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New Jersey is where he's located. He's sound designer, recording engineer, and producer Roy Yokelson. So visit his company website at www.antlandproductions.com. I'm saying that so that you can pick up on the proper spelling, Antland, like fire ants, antlandproductions.com. We've got a link to that on the show page for this episode www.nhte.net. On that website, there are icons to click on. I'm referring to antlandproductions.com, not nhte.net. On that website, antlandproductions.com, there are icons to click on to go to his pages on Twitter and Facebook, among others, and spend some time on IMDb, too. I mentioned before, looking up his long, impressive list of credits. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. And sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it, too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It will just download automatically when a new episode comes out, so you don't even have to go looking for it. If you are a new listener to Now Hear This Entertainment, please do check out some of the prior episodes of this podcast. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like then now hear this page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I'm sincere when I invite you for your feedback about the podcast or maybe even some questions that you would like me to ask to guests on future episodes. Post all of that on the Facebook page that I just mentioned or send an email 
The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. And listeners, specifically, if you have not heard episode 33, do be sure to check that one out. The guest was a singer-songwriter named Sarah Donner, who, among other highlights, had a Sleepy Kitten video go viral. And my point in bringing up that particular episode is that she is from New Jersey. So, Roy, talk a little bit about the market that you're in, because I have had an overabundance of guests from Nashville on my show, but have had very few from where you are. So what is your view? And, and again, you mentioned your stepson. I imagine that he must be uh, there in the Garden State. What, what is your view on that market up there and, and what you're seeing, good, bad, or otherwise? The reason I'm in New Jersey is because on my one short block from here is an express bus into Manhattan. And uh, in non-rush hour, I can be in Manhattan in less than a half an hour. Wow. So New York City is where it's at. Um, Perry has played some New York City stuff, but he's he does Pennsylvania. He does New Jersey. There's plenty of clubs. There's plenty of bars. There's plenty of open mic opportunities. There's Hat City Kitchen in Orange. Um, he plays at a place called Amazing Grapes. That's a, I think it's a, <laughs> like a wine and cheese or wine tasting thing. Uh, there's, uh, you know, as another spinoff uh, temporary career, um, run a karaoke, uh, you know, be a karaoke host uh-huh. or something. Perry does that at least once a week or every other week. Uh, and then he sings in between because he loves to sing. Uh, it gets everybody fired up. Um, there are plenty of, the, New Jersey is a big state. Um, and again, the proximity to New York City, it can't be beat. There's a lot of jazz in New York, in uh, New Jersey. There's a little place called Trumpets, not far from here. The Count Basie uh, big band plays there and some other bands. Um, New York City, you know, don't, don't let this, don't let New York City scare you. And that's, yeah, that's exactly what I was wondering is, is if you, are going to tell people, look, don't bother, it's oversaturated and there's just not any opportunities or, or what you just said there, which is don't don't be intimidated by the tall buildings, you know, come on up here and, and do what you do. You have to give it a full shot. You can't, you know, you can't give up. It's such a tough business, voiceovers and, and the music business. Uh, if you have it, uh, you have to put in you know, 150% of your energy, of course, there's no such thing, but you really have to put 100% and then some and keep going. I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here working day and night uh, because I have a passion for what I do. I just love playing with sound and I love making sound better. And I love, di- I love directing and I love working. I love working with young talent and trying to get good performances out of them. So if you can find a good producer uh, who's interested in this style of music. And uh, now the other thing is about, uh, and we didn't get into software choices and stuff, but you, you said about people making their stuff at home and maybe it not sounding great. The thing is, with even with uh, uh, software called Audacity, which is free that are, all the kids have, or GarageBand, use it as a, a tool to make your little arrangements and to experiment before you go plopping down money and going into the studio. Uh, so lay down a couple of different guitar tracks or, or, or use some drum loops and then play your guitar or keyboard over it and use it as a tool, or as a writing tool, as an arranging tool. And you can rehearse, you can rehearse your, you know, your vocals and work out the harmonies 
and then maybe you'll be ready to go to uh, go with a real engineer producer and you won't be wasting their time you know potching around in the studio and trying to work out your parts that's not the place to do it do it you know work out all your stuff at home but then when you go into the studio don't be so rigid or closed-minded um you know do what you do what you planned on doing and then take the input of the engineer and or producer and grow from there sure sure nicely said nicely said and for the people that are listening that uh, are are puffing their chests out and laughing at the likes of audacity and garage band because maybe they're uh, a little more intense with uh, the audio recording side of the business enlighten them i know there's probably some people that would like to hear what what type of you know what type of hardware you use what type of software you use you know, most of the time that that you're working there I had to learn Pro Tools because when you go to New York City, chances are, you know, 95% of the studios have Pro Tools. So I did have to get my up to speed on Pro Tools and have Pro Tools at home so I could bring a session home from the city, open it up. But that's not what I use. And for voiceovers, it's overkill. Um, the editing is not as quick as uh, I'm a big fan of Adobe Audition an old Adobe Audition. If you're on a PC, they have free Adobe Audition 3.0 that I can get for you. Uh, If you're on a Mac, I think these days it's either CS6 or the Creative Cloud, which might be 20 bucks a month, but you'll always have the latest update upgrade. I can probably do almost as good a job on, on Audacity because you can mix on it. You can edit and mix on Audacity. If you know what you're doing, it almost doesn't as long you know it doesn't matter what tools you have um there's a lot of good plugins in audacity it's certainly good to experiment with audacity because it's free and you can play around to your heart's content <laughs> um and the you know audio quality is audio quality as long as what goes in you're capturing it whether it's Audacity or Pro Tools or Adobe Audition, it's all the same. A WAV file is a WAV file is a WAV file. Mm-hmm. Um, get a good uh, mic uh, preamp slash interface. I have uh, Focusrite Scarlett 2i2, uh, whatever it is. It's uh, under 150 bucks. A uh, good microphone would be uh, a good choice. Try to stay away from the USB microphones. They're not very rugged, and they tend to get hissy very quickly. They're not going to last. Uh, I won't. Re- I don't think I can recommend specific microphones because really everybody's voice is different. You should uh, B and H in the city has a room that you can go and listen to. They have fifty mics and thirty mic preamps, and if you go with somebody, you can go talk on every mic and and see which one sounds right for your voice. Uh, or, or maybe I think sometimes Guitar Center or one of those places. I don't mean to endorse, but um, maybe you, they'll let you take two mics home, and you know you try them both, and maybe you return one, you know, uh, because one is more flattering on your voice. Sure, sure, that's fantastic. That's that's very good advice, and we're just about out of time. However, we are going to close the show today with a song called "Footprints in the Sand." Again, Uncle Roy, if you would. Tell the listeners what this song is and, and of course, your connection to it. So this is one of uh, P.D. Brody's uh, original songs. 
uh, that he co-wrote with somebody. I think he wrote the lyrics and someone wrote the music, or I really don't know. Actually, it's probably the other way, but it's a little story. It's a little summer romance story. Um, and uh, we recorded this a couple of different times, but this was the one. Perry's using this EP to take around to clubs and get you know solo gigs so it's really just him it's a couple of tracks of guitar uh we recorded the guitar in the rec room which is a really nice sounding room i just happen to like recording in there and then we came into the studio and went in the vocal booth and did uh did his vocal track and it's a very simple little upbeat tune and the very beginning the very intro was a little ad lib that <laughs> i surprised perry with he was just doing this little thing before we started to record and it was it was in the right time so I, I stripped it off and I put it in the right place and it's just a fun little intro <laughs> thing a little beatbox thing that he did uh, just warming up uh, and really that's it it's uh, I think that's the hit of the EP uh, for my money it's upbeat I like it yeah, I want to uh, clarify for the listeners when when you're talking about we recorded it you actually do produce him as well. Yeah, we record we record at the home studio. Yeah, um, you're not you're not just engineering it. In other words, that's my point. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, Perry has his ideas, and he'll tell me all about it, and then I, as the engineer and producer, uh, figure out how to get his vision and my creative vision out at the same time, and make him sound as good as he's going to sound, and as commercially uh, credible and appealing. So that he'll get gigs out of it and people he'll, you know, build up your fan, build up your fan base. You know, there's another really good and you can cut this out if it's inappropriate, but there's <laughs> another really good show called Taxi. There's a service called Taxi yep, that you yep. must know about, right? Yeah, yeah, we've we've talked about that once or twice on, on past episodes. Michael Laskow is the president. We used to engineer together. He was on staff at National with me back in the day, and he started this service. But they have a really good show on Monday nights at 7 o'clock where they have artists and producers and engineers talk about all of this. And where, a, where can people find that show? On uh, Taxi's website or, or elsewhere? I'm sure, I'm, well, I'm sure if they Google Taxi uh, Monday night, you know, uh, web webinar web show. I'm sure they'll find it. I don't have the URL for it, sure, but it's, sure. Uh, I found it fast. I found it fascinating, and I'm in the business a long time, and it's really <laughs> good. To, but it's good to get the young people's point of view and the new. This is all new technology. I started off with you know razor blade and tape and all that <laughs> business, and I made a very successful transition into you know uh, the. Um, digital uh, audio works workstations uh, that we use today so uh, it's not that it's not really anything about teaching an old dog new tricks or anything it's uh, you know when I learned about music production it wasn't about well in pro tools we do it this way <laughs> you know kids learning about audio production these days here's the tools now figure out what to do rather than here's here's mm -hmm. a, here's a song that mm -hmm. needs to be produced however you do it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. however you make the sausage it doesn't matter as long as the sausage, <laughs> sausage tastes good um that's the bottom line there you go write it down listeners that's a that's a <laughs> quote to save from uh from now here this entertainment roy i really enjoyed it thanks ever so much for your time today very great to talk to you Thanks, Bruce. It was a pleasure being here. 
Awesome. Well, I will close uh, by formally thanking my guest, Emmy Award-winning sound designer, recording engineer, and producer Roy Yokelson. Visit his company's website at www.antlandproductions.com. And as I've said throughout the show, we've got a link to that on the show page of this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment on www.nhte.net. Remember that you can also check out Roy and Antland Productions on social media, too, of course. There are links on his company website to Facebook, Twitter, and others. For that matter, tell him you heard his interview on Now Hear This Entertainment. And do check out that long and impressive list of credits of his on IMDb. It's very much worth the time and the read. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. That's it. Just one field to complete. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That actually does help the show quite a bit. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. As I have invited listeners before, let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter, and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz, or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with the song that Roy just talked about. It's called Footprints in the Sand. Jim, when summer is brand new, it's gonna be a long year without you. I took a gamble, if you I will not fold thousands of miles, but it feels like home. This old coastal town was our summer playground. Where do we go from here? Away, but we had like footprints in the sand. Remember the fun times, pictures of you and I, like a movie that still plays in my mind. People and places, drinks on our lips. Nothing's forever, but every second was worth it. I will not forget. Footprints that we left Where do we go from here? Don't want it to disappear Waves wash away what we have Like footprints in the sand on your feet And the sun on your cheek It's so crystal clear when it plays back to me now back to my old life, but I don't want to say goodbye. I'll see you next June, but I don't want to.